This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. You're on Saturday Magazine with me, Nevena, and my wonderful co-host, Maka. We have a great show for you today. If you're feeling a little bit under the weather, uh, it would be appropriate. It's quite awful outside. And Maka, who is our next guest to brighten this day for us? Yes, to brighten our next day is Richard Keane, the uh, CEO of Living Positive here in Victoria. Good morning, Richard. Good morning. How are you both doing? Look, pretty good. It's a bit drizzly um, and, you know, we're all still, I suppose, coping with the new environment post, post-COVID, post although we're not really post-COVID. Um, we're just no, it's a through strange COVID. Kind of, it yeah, is. It's a, a strange kind of environment, isn't it? It is. Look, I wanted, Richard, if I may, I wanted to start off with, there's been a lot of discussion this week. Uh, about Medicare and about bulk billing and about the supply of GPs. And I was I was interested in terms of for positive folk, are there choke points happening uh, in terms of access to uh, services or GPs in, yes, in, in particular? Yeah, there absolutely is. Yeah. Becca. Yeah. So yeah, ha- um, how's so that playing out? Well, I think most of the high caseload clinics have been as good as they can be and kind of, you know, we'll have a list of patients that, um, you know, are maybe living with extreme poverty and other things like that that they might continue to bulk bill with. But generally speaking across the board now, most places are bulk billing. Um, we, you know, it's, it's a big change and I think there's some real ramifications, not just for people living with HIV, but for everybody people are starting to make decisions about how often they'll go to their doctor. Um, you know, uh, people, I'm, I'm lucky. I've been living with HIV for a very long time, so I only have to go once every six months for my HIV medications and things like that. But a lot of other people are on three months, and particularly people on PrEP as well, not just people living with HIV. And so um, people are really starting to feel the pinch a little bit. Like, if it's 80 odd dollars out of pocket and I do understand there's a $39 rebate that comes back but that's still 50 bucks out of your pocket and if you're an older person living with HIV who's you know seeing a lot of different specialists and going with the current way that it's set up you can't kind of address multiple issues with your GP in the same way that you used to sometimes you have to make a secondary appointment particularly if it's a mental health issue and you've gone in for another health issues sometimes you'll have to reschedule um so i think the system's under enormous strain i've I've got to tip my hat to the fantastic doctors that continue to support us and you know provide us with good health and good support but um it is a real challenge for people at the moment and it's just i can't remember a time back when uh people were having to make a decision about whether i can afford to go to the doctor and with that that gap uh, Richard, you know, the Medicare rebate's about 40 bucks and the average, most GPs now are charging 80 to $90. So the gap can be 50 bucks. With, yeah, the, with the Medicare safety net, which is about $2,500 for that you've contributed uh, per person, that's 50 visits. So yeah, it, it, yeah. it means 
to get to that Medicare safety net, you have to, you know, and this is excluding specialists and stuff, of course. So let's just put some specialists in there. You're probably looking at 30 to 40 GP visits before you hit the limit in the Medicare safety net and where the rebate to you increases. But it doesn't increase by a lot. So how do you see you know, as the CEO of Living Positive, and, and I know you work very closely with Thorn Harbour and, and, and other positive organisations, how do you see the advocacy going on this? You know, is it possible, do you think, that the government, you know, can put some more money into this? Because the solutions that they're talking about, I don't see how it's actually going to make any difference. No, I can't either. And I think this is one of the problems is that, um, you know, you've got entrenched arms of the response across the medical, you've got the AMA, you've got um, uh, you've got pharmacists, you've got a whole range of other competing, um, and that they shouldn't be competing, they should be connecting together. But yesterday's meetings in Canberra and some of the commentary that was coming out afterwards, I think they've started the first steps and everyone's kind of still very much in their own corners, like GPs are saying we don't want pharmacists writing out prescriptions, pharmacists are saying we need to do more of that work. Um, they're calling for a larger increase in the Medicare rebate for um, allowing more um, nurses to be at GP practices and the potential of looking at a hybrid model where there's a range of specialists kind of housed within the one clinical service. So I think we've got a way to go. I'm really glad that the conversation has started because it's clearly evident, as you just raised it this morning, that this is an ongoing issue, not just for people living with HIV, but for everybody. And, um, yeah, I, I'm just hoping that we can have a little bit of faith and these things, it's a bit like sausages. We all like to eat them at the end, but none of us like to see how they're made. And I think everyone's coming, everyone is coming to it with a real generosity of spirit and to try and find a workable solution. Um, because the other side of that is that, we haven't had those historical increases in rebates for GPs for over 10 years now. And the situation is that a lot of them feel like they're about to go to the wall. So it's um, it's really challenging all around. You know, the uh, uh, most parliaments, state and federal, have an automatic mechanism, a inverted commas, independent tribunal that decides uh, how much they should be paid and what increases they should get. The Medicare rebate hasn't changed in about 10 years. Perhaps what the government needs to do is set up another independent tribunal that at least increases the Medicare rebate in line with underlying inflation. I know it's a novel concept, but, yeah. you know, perhaps that's, that's what they should do. Richard. Absolutely. That might be one of the solutions. One of the other things... Um, that's really important here is um, that people are often now, when they're going to see specialists, they're kind of having to pay a gap too oh, with some yeah. services. You know, it's not just, you know, in the same way that we would historically have seen private healthcare with paying a little bit of a gap. And, you know, we did see during COVID that a lot of people were accessing um, their superannuation to go yeah. into the mm. private sector to get operations done because the public sector is just uh, heaving um, and you know we've had a lot of um, people leave the healthcare sector because of the environment and things like that but I hope that this might just be something that we see 
And it's an opportunity at the end of COVID, I think, to reset and see what we need looking forward. And, you know, personally, and I know there'll be a lot of people that don't agree with me, I would be more than happy to pay another percent of my wage onto a Medicare levy. Richard, uh, changing note a little bit, uh, we've been having an ongoing conversation about monkeypox and the need to get vaccinated, especially ahead of World Pride and all the Pride events that are happening during summer. What are some of the messages that Living Positive has uh, to your community about encouraging vaccination rates? Yeah, um, that's twice you're done for life, basically. (laughs) And, um, you know, there was with all the hysteria that we had around monkeypox, a bit of it has died off. Mm. I think I was in a meeting last week. We've only got one active case in the country. So in some ways, the heat has come out of it a little bit. And there's around about 5,000 people in Victoria who have yet to take up their second dose. So I guess the message that we get out there this morning to people is that um, it's time to do that. Um, just because it's kind of abated at the moment. We're kind of, we're not seeing huge numbers globally but people will be offered some vaccination when they arrive here if they choose to uh, take that up. Great. And uh, so it's looking like it's certainly covered. I've got to tip my hat. We we were talking about some of the challenges in the health sector, but this has been an absolute exemplar of good partnership and uh, a, a really quick response from the federal government, you know, securing those vaccines and other things like that really, really rapidly. So we didn't end up with a absolutely horrific situation. Uh, has just been fantastic to see. Yeah, it's great to see, you know, uh, Living Positive and Thorn Harbour and, and others advocated very strongly on this. Mm-hmm. Uh, we actually had a <laughs> an interesting experience. Uh, Simon Ruth was uh, due in the studio and we had um, Josh Burns and Senator Dean Smith here. And and, uh, this was in the very early stages. We're getting the vaccine out and about and everything was very problematic. Some might call it an ambush. It wasn't. (laughs) It wasn't intended. But... uh, (laughs) Let's just just say that, you know, there there was a really good discussion that took place between those three, both on and off air, and, you know, advocacy sometimes has to have uh, an edge to it. And, yes, it does. you know, uh, your organisation and Thorn Harbour and others, uh, you know, never, ever give up the fight um, to advocate mm. on these health issues. So I thank you for that. Um, we're actually almost out of time, Richard. What's, no uh, problem. What's planned for you? You uh, marching tomorrow? We certainly are. We'll be down there and um, I'm inviting everyone to come along. You don't need to be living with HIV to come along and support Living Positive Victoria. We'll be marching with our family, our friends. And um, I just wanted to acknowledge also too that, um, as I'm sure you all know, Thorn Harbour Health turns 40 yes. this year. Yes. We were initially a program at Thorn Harbour Health many, many times ago, Macker, and um, I, I just think it's amazing they seem to go from strength to strength and I wish them all the best. I'm sure they'll have a big crab with them tomorrow. However, I'll go and try and, you know, cut a few out and add them to ours, I think. (laughs) Wow. Well, 40 years, that uh, makes you, makes Thorn Harbour older than someone in the studio. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, not not the person on the phone. No, 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 I'm I'm just a little bit past there. (laughs) Yeah, just. 
Just. Just a little bit. Thanks again, Richard. Have a good day tomorrow. And uh, thanks for the chat on Medicare. I know it was a bit unscheduled, but I thought it was topical. And, uh, Brilliant. Was, was, and um, happy Pride, everybody. Thank you. Happy Pride to you. Thank you. Thank you. Have Cheers. a great day. Cheers. That was Richard Keane, the CEO of Living Positive. You are on Saturday Magazine, Joy 94.9. And for those who perhaps know, don't remember, Living Positive is the organisation that was previously known as People Living with HIV AIDS Victoria. Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help us keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.